today as we celebrate St. John of the Cross, there was, I'm going to see if I could find one line here from our first reading. The utterance of one who hears what God says and knows what the Most High knows, of one who sees what the Almighty sees. This very line, that whole idea of seeing what the Almighty sees, there's actually a famous little drawing that St. John of the Cross had done. It's small. It's like a, just like a tiny little thing. But it's, um, it's Jesus on the cross just after he had given up his spirit. And so he's very much like slumped forward, his head down. And uh, in, in the pictures, unique that John drew it and that we still have it. <laughs> and, that, uh, and I can't remember exactly where it is. Um, at which church it is, in, in somewhere in Spain, I believe. But it, it's viewed downward from the top right, looking down at Jesus. And the point was, from the perspective of God the Father, of what the Almighty sees. And that's the way that John, I think, kind of lived his life. I had a professor for, um, I, I had a class because I was a spiritual theology um, licentiate. I had a class that was specifically about St. John of the Cross, and my professor, uh, Father Paul Murray, is, is truly a great spiritual theology scholar, probably one of the greatest alive right now. He's a Dominican priest, and he has, he's from Ireland, but he has an Oxford English sort of accent, and, and every time I think about it, I sort of just hear his voice in the back of my mind. He's like, oh, John of the Cross was a great a great mystic saint. You know, he just had this great voice. You could just listen to him all day long. But as he spoke about John, the, John of the Cross to us with such passion, uh, St. John was a man of passion. But he sought to be somebody that always had Christ sort of looking down on, on him. That's, that's how he lived his life. And I really think that's the way that we all should live our life. It's not, it's not an easy thing, of course. But Anytime we think about what we're doing, um, our actions in our life, our, our life of, of sin and our life of virtue, there is that maxim kind of like, well, you know, like if your grandmother or your mom or something was in the room, would you do the thing that you're about to do or something like that, which is a pretty good maxim to think of. And um, St. John kind of lived his life like that. And him and St. Teresa of Avila were, were, were great friends. And they were in great encouragement to one another. And that's what it is when you have holy people in your lives. Uh, somebody else's holiness of life and spirituality can positively influence your holiness of life and spirituality. So they supported each other in that way. They were in like a turbulent time in Carmelite days where there was a lot of reform in the order. There was sort of a lot of loosening of the rules and being like, oh, well, that, that rule was really hard, so let's not do that anymore. So a lot of that was going on. And so St. John and Teresa were reformers of the order because they really wanted to live the austere rule that the Carmelites had originally set out to live. And so that's why you hear, um, you know, that Teresa Valva was a discalced Carmelite. Discalced is without shoes. So they, they, they didn't wear shoes. It was an austere order. And one of the things that St. John of the Cross is famous for is, is his poetry, uh, the, the Dark Night of the Soul and the Mystical Canticle and these things that he wrote. And famously, 
because he was a great reformer and somebody who sought to do the will of God, that sought to live his life as if being gazed on by the Father throughout his whole life, he was imprisoned by brother Carmelites, who basically took him because they didn't want to make those changes, and they imprisoned him in a cell that they say is barely big enough to actually lay down all of the way with your legs outstretched. And he was, um, and he was regularly, um, you know, essentially scourged, and, and they basically fed him bread and water, and that's when he writes most of the great works that we know about. When he was in the darkest part of his life, in that cell for nine months, until he was eventually able to break out. And even the writing he did was only he was able to do because the brother friar who was guarding him was sneaking him in, uh, you know, a writing utensil and some scraps of paper. And it's in his darkness that he really sees that that's how much he needs the light of Christ. I kind of mentioned this a little bit yesterday just at the 1230 Mass, but it is kind of amazing that it's sometimes with that, that juxtaposition of the difficulty of our life that we can really recognize the mercy and our need for God, for Christ in our life. And we have to kind of draw it close. There's a great temptation to kind of push the cross away, but it's great saints like St. John of the Cross who really leaned into the difficulty and the suffering. And it was by drawing it close to themselves that they realized how much freedom really is in Christ, how much light that there really is when we're going through dark times in our lives. And I kind of, I've mentioned that it's like nothing gets stronger without being tested, without, without some sort of pressure being on it. You know, we, we even think about just our world and the mountains that were created and stuff like that. All of that stuff happened because of pressure. Our muscles grow when their weight is put on them, when a burden is put on them, they respond. And the same thing with our life, our spiritual life, is often it's in our difficulty that we respond with a greater response of faith because it's been, it's been tested. It can go through the ups and the downs in our life. And, and, and I'm not saying, though, that it's not difficult to be in the down part. <laughs> you know, to be in the valley, to be in the trough is, is difficult. We all love the feeling of consolation. Consolation from our Lord is an amazing, amazing thing. But sometimes we have to embrace the difficulty and the darkness, and that's where perseverance is so important. And uh, like St. John of the Cross, um, St. Mother Teresa, of course, was another great saint who embodied that perseverance, that in the darkness, she kept moving towards the light. She didn't dwell in the darkness, even though it felt like it surrounded her often. And so these, these great saints are reminders to us. Often, <laughs> young saints, St. John of the Cross died at 49 years old and left us some of the greatest things that we know in our deposit of faith. And so there's also that example just briefly about our gospel today. When you see when authority is sort of abused, like those who basically imprisoned John, his own brethren, imprisoning him. And so Jesus 
has the authority, and that authority is passed on to the church. He's just like, but, but, but we always have to be mindful of that source of our authority. Like I said, those that have been given authority need to function just as that picture of St. John is if God the Father is always looking at them, because he in fact is, that he's always watching them so that they do the things that are from the will of the Father, that they don't abuse their power. And, and because Jesus has that authority, he's like, I don't have to reveal something to you that you don't understand. So he has the authority to withhold, just like we say that the church has the, the authority to bind and loose sins. That authority comes directly from Christ. But we always have to use it by being under the guise and the will of God the Father so that we do it in his light and not things off in the darkness. And so we're a church that has that authority passed on to them. And we use these great examples of the saints to live in the light, even in times of darkness, to persevere, to persevere. God bless you all.